I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The 11 to 1 show. One iconic TV host steps down in the UK, another takes up the role as one of the longest running TV chat shows in Ireland. It's all happening on the TV chat shows, it seems. There's Train, Hey Soul Sister and LMFM's 11 to 1. Well, the ink had barely dried on the paper, the tweets had barely been retweeted about Patrick Keelty's announcement as the new host of The Late Late Show when his spotlight was stolen. And it was a travesty that it was taken away from him. Because then, of course, there was the announcement that Philip Schofield has quit this morning. And there's all talk about that and backstage feuds and all that sort of thing. And, you know, it's a shame. It is a shame, actually, because, you know, he's been on TV as long as I can remember. Live and kicking and all of that. That's when I would have started watching him. So it's he's well over 30, 30 odd years on the air. And it's not a great way to go, is it? It's not a great way to leave and a legacy like that in broadcasting to kind of be tarnished towards the end. And I think they gave him like a two minute, very awkward sort of tribute thing on this morning today. And yeah, I thought like when this came out about the feud, I thought that they would reconcile and things would be grand because they are very good together himself and Holly. They have a great chemistry and it's just such a shame that it has happened that way. But... They, you know, they will find somebody else and it'll like, this is what happens, isn't it? In the in the entertainment, it's ruthless, ruthless in the entertainment business because soon we'll be like, Philip who? I mean, you know, so fickle are we? We really are. Uh, but the great news is that we do have an excellent host for The Late Late Show, Patrick Keelty. I mean, I think this is going to be great. I was reading an article actually with Pat Kenny over the weekend, just giving his thoughts, you know, as an ex-Late uh, Late Show host. And he reckons that he might start off the Late Late with a bit of stand-up each week, like commenting kind of on the week. So a little bit like Graham Norton, but maybe not as OTT as Graham Norton, I don't know. But I'd like that. I think it's going to be a nice shake-up now and I think it's going to go really well and I think it's an excellent choice in Patrick Keelty. I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the iconic chair uh, on uh, The Late Late Show. Uh, So that'll be interesting. Also, you know, do I I envy Patrick Hilty? No, 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 no. That is a big job, a big job to take on. And look, I'd say he's well able, well able for it. But, uh, you know, all this talk of TV show hosts and chat show hosts in the media, there's too much of it. 
What, what about radio? I think that, you know, ourselves, we're going to have to do something here. We're going to have to cause some sort of a stir. Now, not too much, just a little stir because I feel like TV chat show hosts are taking away the attention from us radio hosts, you know? So I don't know. I'm going to have to do something maybe create a bit of a fake headline. I don't know, something. I need you to be talking about radio hosts, you know? That's, that's what I'm feeling with regards to all of this. But look at all joking aside, in terms of uh, Patrick Healty, I'm delighted, I'm thrilled. I think we all saw that coming, which is great. And I'm excited to see what he is going to bring to the late, late. Uh, now, what do we bring into the show today? Well, plenty, plenty, right? Because, you know, we are obsessed with uh, true crime, and I couldn't pass this uh, potential to, to chat to this guest by because she is fascinating. She actually would have appeared on this morning quite a bit. She's a TV crime commentator, Emma Kenny. She's a psychological therapist. So she specials in victimology. And um, so people who've been through trauma, victims of crime, that sort of stuff. But she's also spent time with uh, repeat offenders and people who have the potential to uh, exhibit this violent behaviour towards others. And Emma is a big, big, you know, fan as well of of true crime. And she has come up with this show where uh, she's bringing it to Dublin, by the way, in Vicar Street on June the 7th. It's called The Killer Next Door. So would we know if a serial killer was living next door to us? Well, Emma is going to go through a bit of the show and she's going to, you know, talk to us about like different sort of traits that come out. And it's just going to be a very, very interesting insight into all of this. So we have lots to ask her. Uh, So she's going to be joining us later on in the show. As well as that, uh, I'm very interested to find out about this. I had seen the the, the store open in Drogheda and wondered what it was all about. I'm very familiar with the charity Habitat for Humanity, but they have opened these restores around the place. And, you know, at the moment, we're all very conscious about environment and sustainability. So this is a low cost DIY store. So what you do is you you donate all of your unwanted building materials, that kind of stuff, things that you don't need. And people then can use them to revamp their own houses. So we're going to be finding out more about that as well. And I have a great competition. Details of that on the way. There's Britney Spears every time on LMFM's 11 to 1. There are rumours that Britney is due to make a music comeback. Mm. This is on the back of the success of Hold Me Closer with Sir Elton John last year. So apparently she set to the studio to work on more, but it's hopefully going to be... Uh, more so like a duets album because I think with a duets album there's not so much pressure for Britney to go out and tour and perform and I think that's the part that she's more reluctant to go back and do but she loves releasing music so apparently this is what she's uh, you know doing that she's going to be working with some people uh, she has um, wanted to record something with Katy Perry they say as well uh, BTS as well uh, so there's a couple of different co- collaborations maybe Ariana Grande and Sam Smith as well so watch this space so I think she's making baby steps back into the spotlight good idea I think it's a good idea. Nice little day, uh, duet album would be nice from her. Now, I'll tell you what's nice uh, from us. We have a lovely prize up for grabs every day this week. I've teamed up with the Irish Heart Foundation. It's blood pressure awareness is what we're doing with regards to this. I'm going to give you all the details of our competition just after these. The 11 to 1 show. It's competition time. This week it's all about blood pressure awareness on the show. I've teamed up with the Irish Heart Foundation. I'm encouraging you to have your blood pressure checked out because did you know 
that thousands of us, thousands of us, are walking around every day with undiagnosed high blood pressure. Two in three people over 50 in this country have high blood pressure and only half of those are aware that they do because uh, if you have uh, high blood pressure, you look and feel well. There's not too many sort of symptoms with regards to this. So it's very important to go to your GP and get checked out and you can find out more information on irishheart.ie. So as part of this awareness campaign, the Irish Heart Foundation have kindly given us a Fitbit Sense 2 to give away every day this week. So... I'm going to give you a scenario. It's a little sound clip I'm going to give you. And this is a scenario where we might feel that our blood pressure has been raised substantially. You need to tell me what is happening in the sound clip that is causing our blood pressure to go up, okay? So here is today's clip. I want you to tell me what's happening that might cause my blood pressure to rise. Here it is. Oh no, oh no, this is not the scenario that you want to be in. Particularly, say, like first thing in the morning, you know, when you're trying to get to work. So, what is happening in that clip? Why might my blood pressure be going up? 086 1800 658 for your chance to win that Fitbit 2. Also, by the way, uh, there's going to be a mobile health unit in Summerhill GAA in Mead this week, this Thursday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. We'll have more details of that as well throughout the week. So the only way to find out if you've high blood pressure is to have it measured. Talk to your GP and once you know about it, you can reduce it and treat it. So irishheart.ie for all the details. Keep your answers coming in to me. Keen to grow, I'll be waiting. Want to let people know that on Sunday, June 4th, around about 2.30pm, there's going to be a set dancing workshop and session at Causey Farm County Mead. It's run by Colin and Shane Trainer, And uh, there's going to be a live session from 5.30 to 8. So the workshop will run from about 2.30 till around 5 or so. They are looking for people to book in with them. So trainers at hotmail.com is where you'll find all of the details on that. I will there's the cores love to love you the low cost DIY store that builds sustainable communities is now collecting in your area and they are in our area they are in Drogheda it's the Habitat Restore so Habitat for Humanity they have set up these restores all over the country we're going to be finding out more about what they do with Jenny Williams she's Chief Executive of Habitat for Humanity she's going to join us next the 11 to 1 show Habitat for Humanity have established Restore Home Improvement Stores around the country and one has opened in Drogheda area in the last month or so. The Habitat Restore encourages people in the community to donate unwanted home improvement and building materials which they sell then at a low cost enabling local people to improve their homes. Joining me now to tell us more about this is Jenny Williams she's Chief Executive of Habitat for Humanity Ireland. Jenny you're very welcome. Thanks so much. Um, I People tell me my favourite subject is Habitat Restore, so I'm delighted to have the chance <laughs> to talk to your audience. Well, Thank I'm you. delighted to have you on the show. So talk to me about this. This is a great idea that Habitat for Humanity have come up with. Tell me more about the restores and where did the idea come from? 
Sure. Um, well, actually, I suppose Habitat's vision is of a world where everybody has a decent place to live. So we very much work in 70 countries around the world, uh, helping people build or improve the place they call home. And here in Ireland, we have had Habitat Restores for almost 12 years. And we have five restores in the north and the first one in the Republic in Drada. So the idea really is around how can we help families who might not be able to afford commercial prices to improve their homes at low cost. And we sell, they're big, so Restore Drada is about 14,500 square feet. And so the whole idea is that we get stuff that other people don't need any longer and and, and that's either individuals or companies or organisations. And then we sell it at low cost to families. Now, it's not just people who might not be able to afford, yeah. um, but it's absolutely everybody. So I always love the fact that, you know, it might be environmental champions. So Restore helps local people access the materials, but it also diverts tons of reusable material from landfill. And of course, we also provide skills and employability training. So my background, Shanice, believe it or not, my very first job was with Texas Home Care. And that shows that I'm very old, but Texas Home Care became home base. Yes. And so if you think about DIY stores, it was something I knew about. And I just thought there's so many things that people don't need or use. Mm. Um, things in their garage, things I, I know I always have two boxes of tiles that I've kept from oh, yeah. you know, maybe three times ago. <laughs> and so it's, it's how do we get those things from people's garage or their garden sheds and give an opportunity to give them new life. It's a fantastic else. idea because like you say, the likes of that, or you know when you buy too much paint, you know, you buy yes. about four tubs and there's at least one that's not open that you don't yes. need and it's sitting there yes. and sitting there yes. and this is yes. the kind of thing. So you're, you're looking for this sort of stuff, all of these, even if the, the tiles, as you say, you know, you might have a couple of tiles there, you're looking for yes. all this sort of stuff to donate. Absolutely. And it could be anything. It could be my husband adores coming into Restore because he finds tools that I'm not convinced he needs, but he <laughs> likes the idea. Um, so your garden shed, you could be clearing it out. Um, it could be hammers, nails, t- nuts and bolts. It could be a whole kitchen. Okay. So we take everything from the screws and nails to hold the kitchen together Mm. to the whole kitchen. Uh, So if you were getting a new kitchen, and, you know, so many of us um, choose to replace things that actually they're not, you know, it's not that they're not reusable, but we choose to repaint or we choose to redo our kitchen or we buy a new sofa, and all of those things could be reused as long as they're in good enough condition. Yes, this is used by somebody else. Yeah, and this brings me to that question nicely because, look, we don't want rubbish. You know what I mean? We don't want something that's going to end up in the skip. But like you say, you know, there's a lot of people that are turning back to this idea of repairing things. You know, there's a lot of upcycling going on as well, which is really uh, great to see. There's some amazing creative people. Not me now. Not I listen. I couldn't. (laughs) I'm really not good with this stuff at all. But I see these amazing creations that people like, oh, I fixed up a broken, uh, you know, bookcase and I turned it into a table. Like, you know, these people are amazing. So this is the kind of... People that will come to restore as well, and they have such Absolutely. creativity, and they'll they'll make new things out of it. 
Absolutely. And we also, I mean, I always loved when we first opened in Lisbon, I had colleagues from Africa. Yeah. And they came and, you know, mahogany furniture has gone out of favour across Ireland. Yeah. You know, it has. But mahogany furniture is very well made. And if you are creative and you want to put a coat of paint on it, and so if you have a look at Restore's Facebook page, you'll see lots of examples. And sometimes you just need an idea of yes. how you would upcycle something. And that actually brings me to, on this, on Saturday the 10th of June, mm-hmm. we're having an upcycling demonstration oh, at great. Restore Drada. So people are very welcome. That's no charge. People are very welcome to come and see. And how can you do something simple, which will really change the look of of a shelf or yes. change the look of a coffee table. And, that, you know, bargain hunting, everybody, environmental champions and people who simply need help to improve their home at low cost. So it's absolutely everybody in our community. Yes, it's ticking so many boxes. And one of the things that you mentioned there that I want to uh, draw you back in on is the uh, you provide skills and employability training for, for people of all ages and backgrounds working in the shop. Yes, absolutely. And we have people at the minute who would be on tooth schemes. We've had people with mental health challenges. Mm -hmm. And because coming into somewhere like Restore, it is like a big family, you know. So coming in, we've all kinds of different people. And all of those people are immediately serving the community. And that gives them a sense of purpose, a sense of opportunity to learn something about retailing. People go out in the van to collect. So we do have a restore van, which is obviously on the road. And, um, you know, so even just warehousing skills, um, all of those things. So it's an opportunity for people to learn skills and then hopefully to move on to get employment if that's what they want. But also we have a lot of um, maybe I shouldn't be saying this because I am very old myself, but people who have taken early retirement. Yes, or, of course. And those people could be could be providing buddy support mm-hmm. for other volunteers who might just need an extra bit of help. Uh, and all of that brings people together, breaks down barriers. And it's great fun at the same time. Yeah, it's a great idea. It really is. And you're also running a house to home programme. This is brilliant. And this is where you need sort of volunteers for this as well. Tell us about this. Well, um, we haven't started it yet. So just to be just (laughs) to be totally honest, but we have secured some funding and we have run the programme in the north for quite a few years. And so we're delighted that we're going to be running the programme out of Restore Drada. And it's really amazing. So it's helping people improve, again, improve the place that they call home, make them feel more at home, help people who are vulnerable, sustain their tenancies. So they get to choose what they would like us to do. And our construction supervisor, together with a small team of volunteers, will come in to their home. And it could be painting, it could be fixing up their kitchen, it could Mm -hmm. be any, a range of different things they choose. And we will come and do that work. And we will also, if they need it, provide them with the extra furniture support. Maybe it's emergency furniture support. Yes. People moving into accommodation. And it just allows people 
to feel a little bit more at home. And that that's is important. fantastic. Uh, well, the best of luck with rolling that out in, in the Republic. As you say, it's very successful up, up the north. So as well as this, you know, you need companies, like you mentioned home base there. I'd imagine there's a lot of DIY places around the place or, you know, construction um, suppliers around yes. the, the place that have loads of waste and things that they're not using. You need them to donate as well. Very much. And we always say, you know, often when the, when a job is over, you know, there's maybe small amounts of stuff that's taken back to the yard. And I always have this idea, if only I could get into builders' yards, I would find things <laughs> that they don't any longer need. Yes. But I can tell you today, and one of the things, just to be clear, we are not in competition with any of the normal retailers. Of course, no, no. Any, with no continuity of supply. Um, so we get leftover things. Yes. And, you know, bits of things. So you don't, we don't, if you wanted to, to be sure that we had something, we have something different every day in mm-hmm. the store. But you couldn't be sure that you would get whatever it is you needed. You just need to keep calling. But we, I can announce, which is very exciting, we have a new partnership, which is actually our biggest corporate partnership to date, with Sonus Bathrooms. Oh, brilliant. And that's very exciting. So we're going to be getting a significant amount of brand new bathroom materials coming to a store near you, so that's Drada, in the next couple of weeks. And that will be rolling over the next year. So very excited about that. But yes, builders, merchants who have leftover materials, damaged, maybe the end of a plasterboard pallet is damaged and they wouldn't be selling it in the store or the, you know, the, the extra doors. Or, or even if you were doing an extension to oh, your yeah. home, mm. we would take the windows out of your house. Oh, if, fantastic. You know, so there's lots of things that we could take Anything that's DIY, we would love to hear from local people and local companies. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that is great. Because often when you do a big job like that, you're like, where am I going to put all this stuff? So you guys offer a collection service as well for all these donations. And my colleague, Andy Drummond, who's the manager in Restore Auto, would love to hear from you. And Chris, who's our driver, would be out in the van and would come to you to collect. So that's we we'd be delighted to hear from more people and that gives bigger opportunities to more local people to come and buy and restore. It's a fantastic idea. It really is. I'm going to definitely check it out myself uh, as well uh, over the next little while. But uh, thank you so much, uh, Jenny, for having a chat with us this morning. Thank you, Sinead, for the opportunity. Really appreciate it and look forward to having your listeners in Restore. Thank you. Thank you so much. To book a collection, by the way, you can call them up. They have a number here, 041-213-9894. Or you can reach out to them uh, by email, info at habitatireland.org. But you can find all the details, habitatireland.ie forward slash Restore. The 11 to 1 Show. I've got music from Kenny Loggins on the way, but first it's time to go back in time. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 Going back to this day in 2017, suicide bombing at Manchester Arena in England after the Ariana Grande concert kills 22 and injures 59. And today is Harvey Milk Day, the struggle faced by the LGBTQ 
LGBTQ plus community has been going on for generations in this country and beyond and for thousands of years around the world. Harvey Milk was one of the heroes of that struggle, being the first official to be elected that was openly gay in California. So this is a day to celebrate his legacy. So Harvey Milk Day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. 11 to 1. Yeah, footloose, footloose and fancy free. Uh, Trim Music Group Gluish, by the way, are returning to the stage in the Knightsbrook Hotel this Thursday. This group are just, every time I see them performing, they are just phenomenal. They just bring a new element every performance. But they have their annual showcase concert and this is going to be their final performance before they travel to France in August. They are travelling with a delegation of top Irish artists to perform in the world-renowned festival. Uh, it's intercept Celtic de Laurent uh, over there. Apparently that attracts over 700,000 spectators annually. They're going to be performing three shows while there and as a send-off they're going to showcase their talents in the Knightsbrook Hotel with a, a troupe of musicians, singers and Irish dancers performing a lot of uh, different showstoppers, Irish ballads, dances and tunes. So uh, they have uh, the tickets available at the Knightsbrook Hotel also in Skullwara Secondary School in Trim and that show is going to start at 7.30pm on the 25th which is this Thursday now news at 12 is approaching but after that would you know if there was a serial killer living next door this is a question posed by leading psychologist therapist and TV crime commentator Emma Kenny she's bringing her new show to Dublin we're going to meet her after 12 the 11 to 1 show Peak pettiness or justifiable security. One office worker has gone to fairly extreme measures to ward off any potential food thieves. I'm going to bring you the story after Ed Sheeran. You see tonight. Ed Sheeran Celestial, Sinead Brazel here with you till one. How are you doing? You can get in touch 086-1800-658. Now, is this the height of pettiness or justifiable security? I am talking about the office thief. There is one in every workplace, even here. LMFM is not immune to the office thief. I will never forget the infamous bread stealing of 2014, which caused one of my colleagues to just, you know, spiral into madness, really, I think. It was just uh, craziness that happened here, right? It's the source of so much conflict in the office. The communal fridge. So it could be stuff that's left in there for days, stinking the place out, or the big one, accusations of food theft. All sorts of arguments come, come out of this. But one office worker has gone to pretty extreme measures to ward off any potential thieves by protecting their milk under actual lock and key. So they've padlocked the milk. <laughs> Picture that's been posted on Reddit. And when I saw it, I just said, you know what? I salute you. Fair play to you. Now, in here, we are lucky the milk is provided. Come on, we're not living in sort of, you know, Dickensian times. Like, I don't know what sort of workplace this is that doesn't supply milk. But I'm thinking the lock and key scenario could be a good one for all lunchables, all lunch items, because there is a lunch thief in every single workplace. I've had soup robbed. We've had bre- and the infamous bread robbing in here. 
it happens all of the time. Now, I would say if you put things on the kitchen table, you know, or your canteen table or whatever, that's kind of communal space. Fair game. You were asking for it to be robbed there. If it's in the fridge, and you know as well when it's like particularly tasty, you know when you make something the night before, lovely dinner the night before, and you go, oh, that nice little bit of leftovers now, that's going to be lovely for my lunch. And then you think about that lunch all morning. You're sitting there going through whatever you're going through for the morning thinking, my lovely dinner lunch that I have, it's going to be awesome. And then you arrive at the fridge, open the door, your stomach's growling, your mouth's salivating, Sorry, where you're moving things around in the fridge. Where, where's my lovely dinner lunch that I had? And then all sorts of expletives come out because you know that it's been robbed. I'm wondering, has this happened in your place of work? It's bound to. What has been robbed from you? What food has been robbed that you're still not over? That's what I'd like to know. 86 658 I'm thinking that this person that posted on Reddit has some fantastic ideas. Padlocking the milk is a great one. You know, maybe setting up a trap for a potential thief, food thief in your workplace. I'm liking that idea as well. But I want to know, have you had food taken from you in work? Are you still not over it? Tell me. 86 658 The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. Vin Diesel is in full support of the writer's strike. He was asked if it would delay the next Fast movie, and here's what he said. I think it's important we support our writers. I think we're uh, entering a very interesting age where we're going to have to consider things like AI, and sooner or later we're going to have to ask those questions. And I think putting the writer's debate on the table is a step forward for all of us in every occupation to start really kind of anticipating or figuring out how we're all going to adopt this new norm and this new technology. Katy Perry sat alongside Kylie Minogue over the weekend for the American Idol final. She was asked who she'd like to see in the panel for next season and she said she'd love Lizzo to join the show. Harrison Ford was asked in Cannes over the weekend if he'd come back for another Indiana Jones movie. Here's what he said. (laughs) Is it not evident? (laughs) I need to sit down and rest a little bit, you know? But I love the... The reason I... I love to work. And I love this character. And I love what the... I love what it brought... uh, uh, into my life. That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Oh, I knew there would have to be one, definitely. We've had a food thief uh, coming in on 86 658 I had lasagna robbed from me last week, complete with Tupperware with my name on it. Oh, now that's a brazen food. First of all, the lasagna, like I mentioned, probably left over from the last night's dinner, brought into work. You bet you were thinking about that all morning, Kerry. And you had your lovely Tupperware with your name on it. Kerry's not finished. I have narrowed the list of suspects. I will find my man. Oh, I've no doubt you will. And what will the punishment be? Swift, I hope. But Ed... (laughs) I know, good to know I'm not the only one here. We're asking you, have you had food robbed from the lunchtime fridge in your office or place of work? Are you still not over it? 086 1800 658. 
There's Candy Stanton, Young Hearts, Run Free. The thieves are running around offices stealing food. Too many packets of crisps to mention, says this message. Uh, many a boring sandwich eaten without them. Yeah, you see, this is what happens too then. The sandwich is just not the same then without the little crunch of the crisps. Uh, food tea found in my own home. My sister robbed my leftover Chinese that I was planning to have the next day. I mean, that really is the lowest of the low. You know, when you keep the Chinese for the next day and it's always nicer the next day as well. Nothing sacred, is it? Nothing is sacred with these food thieves. Thank you so much for all of those messages. Do keep those coming in. Now, from the crimes of the food and thieves and fridges and work to more serious crimes now, because we're going to be meeting Emma Kenny. She is a psychological therapist, TV crime commentator. You would have seen her on many different TV shows um, on this morning as well, most recently. But she is bringing this fascinating new show. It's called The Serial Killer Next Door. It's coming to Vicker Street in Dublin. We're going to meet Emma next. The 11 to 1 show. Would you know if you were living next door to a serial killer? This is the question posed by my next guest in a brilliant new show coming to Dublin's Vicar Street on June 7th. So it's exploring what makes a killer and why some people can be born into, you know, normal families brought up without fear or abuse, yet still choose a murderous path. The show is hosted by Emma Kenny. She's one of the UK's most notable TV crime commentators. She's a psychological therapist. She specialises in victimology and she's a regular panellist on UK TV shows. She's also presented Britain's Darkest Taboos, Lady Killers and Killer in My Family. I'm delighted to have Emma Kenny on the line with me now. You're very welcome, Emma. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for the introduction. Great to have you. Now, true crime series. I am a fanatic about this. I'm quite obsessed with it. You know, I don't think I'm alone in it as well. There's a real appetite for this sort of true crime. I don't know. Does that speak volumes about us, Emma? Would you be concerned now about somebody that has an unhealthy appetite with true crime? Well, I mean, I'd have to be concerned about myself for a start because literally that's something that I have spent my entire career being obsessed with. I guess that one of the most intriguing points about this is that it's about 80% female. So it's women who are really interested in true crime. Aside from gang culture, men tend to be more prevalent in the gang culture arena of enjoying watching and learning about that. But for women, about 80% of us, when we're watching it, we're doing it for a range of reasons, which is we want to rehearse. So we want to imagine what it would be like to be in that situation. We like to manage our stress around that. Also, we can't envisage why anybody would do the things mm. that they do when they're so malevolent. And that's something that means that we just have this curiosity. And so I don't think we have to be worried because as well, it tends to be that we score higher on empathy levels. So we're more empathetic. And because of that, we kind of desperately want to understand what motivates you. Because why would somebody do to a family the absolute opposite of what we would ever choose to do? And I think that's why we're so connected with these things. Oh, it's so interesting the way you put it like that. Absolutely. And so talk to me about your own journey into this. Was it sort of this idea of wanting to understand the mind or of a criminal or how did you get into this area? Well, I think, first of all, I've just always been incredibly nosy. That's <laughs> the reality. I think that I'm very good at confidentiality. So nosiness and confidentiality and quite solution-focused meant that therapeutic arenas were very helpful for me because it meant that I could do something I felt naturally acclimatised to. I guess crime, it was one of those things where I started working with young offenders. So probably about six years into my career, I started working with young offenders. I did that for a decade. And I found that most young offenders are victims. 
So even though TV and the media, we like to paint this picture of they're good, they're bad, that's a perpetrator, that's a victim, that's a hero, that's a villain. It didn't really work in reality. So victimology, so understanding what creates people, both good and bad, that became a focus. So from then on, I started to kind of work with victims of usually high sexual violence, for example, and the correlation often between the experiences of these individuals, both those who end up in prison and those who end up going on to live pro-social, compassionate lives. Mm. A lot of the features featured in their childhood, and I wanted to understand, okay, but what changes that person from being the average person, which is you have a horrible childhood, you have horrible experiences, you become a victim of crime, and then you go on to be the nicest person, and that's by far the percentage, the fact that most people who experience the worst go on to be incredible human beings. And yet there are these others who seem to go down a wholly different path. And it was, if I can understand that, can I deflect it? Can I change the outcomes? So that's really why I embarked on that level of work. And then the TV, I just fell into that. Yeah. Because it gives you nice opportunities to go to a wider audience. I've always appreciated it. You know, my YouTube is the thing that I now do a great deal again because I can tell stories really intensely. And I guess that it's the relational experience with the legacy of victims and the justice you want for them. And also the engagement of the public because it's so reassuring to have people care. And you don't get anybody more caring than people who are interested in true crime. Yes, that is so, so true. And, you know, you mentioned there that you you, you worked quite a bit, obviously, with with victims, but uh, you obviously worked quite a bit as well with people that were repeat young offenders that had this potential to go down this road, very serious, violent road. So what's it like sitting opposite a potential serial killer? I mean, whenever I've been with people who are criminals and I'm working on hope, so the whole premise is, the fact that you can choose better and do more and have a bigger impact on your society. That's always the main focus. But when I've worked, and very occasionally, let me tell you, very rarely with individuals that I thought, goodness, this is not going to go how I want it to go. And Mm. there is real potential for significant harm. I've tended to see very clear things that have disturbed me, like animal torture. I've seen people who, yes, they've had horrible abuse in their lives with respect to their victims too, but there is almost a thirst for manipulation. And you can't work therapeutically with individuals like that. It's very different. So with a normal individual who is, say, atypical in their behavior, they may offend, but typical in their adjustment in the fact that they understand impact, you always are thinking, well, this is going to go a place where they might not become the prime minister, but they'll probably figure out how to be a reasonable human being. That's great. But when you get somebody who is trying to manipulate you throughout the session, who is trying to make you afraid during the session, who is trying to throw titillating value about what they enjoy and what they wish to enjoy in the future, bringing in things like, oh, I killed a cat last week, etc. That is something that disturbs me because I know they're not seeing the actual paradigm we're working in as anything to do with productive behaviour and change. It's about having fun with me. And so they're rare, and they are incredibly rare. Um, so I've not really had the fortune of sitting and thinking, well, this is going to be a serial killer. What I have had, I've followed and tracked a couple of individuals that I've worked with in my time. And both of those are both serving incredibly long sentences in prison for very violent crimes. So wow. that is not, it's not surprising to me. Mm. But when we talk about serial killers, particularly organised and advanced organised serial killers who are very, very aware of their environment, are very aware of technological advances, they're terrifying because, of course, they would never sit in a session with somebody like me and say that because they would never want you to even consider 
the idea that they had that malevolence within them. They're the truly terrifying ones. Maybe the ones that I've worked with, mm. they show themselves very effectively, whereas these kind of individuals, they would never even walk into therapy because, of course, they've never done anything wrong. In their heads, their conscience is clear. It's just who they are, how they wired to be. Yes, and it's this idea of the wolf in sheep's clothing, and That's it. you know, I bring That's this. Exactly uh, yeah, like, and there's this a case in Ireland particularly that that struck me the most, where there was a very respectable um, guy in a very respectable job, and had the absolute most gentlest looking face, and had yes. committed this horrific murder. Uh, you know, and is, is is currently in jail. Like for me, I you know that's the thing where you're going. Hang on a minute. Uh, first of all, a murderer doesn't look like that. Secondly, right. he's not supposed to live in a lovely house in an affluent area with lo- loads yeah. of lovely children and a wife. So this yeah. is the part where we go, hang on a minute, that's jarring now with the idea of a killer. So this is what you are talking about in this show. Yeah. You just described exactly what we'd expect from an organised serial killer. Right. So we would expect them to be cohabiting, married sometimes for decades, above average intelligence, socially adept skilled in employment, sexually competent, able to have intimate relationships, literally considered a good guy every single day of the week by colleagues and by family members. And everyone is unaware of that capacity and malevolence within. That's what makes those truly terrifying because they're the ones that with respect, we hope we would have an intuition about, but we rarely do. And that's the other thing when people think about victims and they're like, well, why didn't they realise or why did they go with that person? Why did they get in that car hitchhiking? You know, I spent my youth hitchhiking. I think yeah. working class family didn't have any money. I wanted to be able to get around. I got in cars. I look back now and I think, my goodness, that's the benevolence of humanity that very mm. much the majority of people doing that are doing you a favour and the good people. But the point is, you would look at somebody and think, is there a girl with them? Oh, well, I can get in the car. Do they look kind? Oh, I can get in the car. And it's the bias of micro-trust that you and I do every day. We trust we're not going to fall out of bed and die. We trust we're not going to choke on our toast. We trust we're not going to get hit by the bus. We go about these actions day in, day out because we trust our environment. So too, do we believe that there is a look of trust in another human being and that we just know that we can trust them. And that's why victims become victims, because they are clever, they are insightful, but they are not magicians and they cannot see into the darkness of the soul. And these individuals that you were just describing, the wolf in sheep's clothing, they walk around our world disguised so eloquently and their manipulation techniques are so effective. Let's be honest, Ted Bundy wore his arm limped. It would work today. If you want to get somebody to help you, look like you're in distress, ask them for help. How many of us would say no? It's just not within our psyche. We think, oh, they're injured, they need help. So these individuals know that. And that's what makes them so terrifying. That's what makes them the chameleons that cause this chaos. And for so long, they go along in these worlds where they have, you know, like you say, built up this reputation. They're almost a pillar of the community, a lot of them as well. Is that part of the kick? Is that part of what's thrilling for them that they have managed to worm their way in like this into society in such a manner? Yes, because they think we're stupid. And they like that. The superiority and arrogance and the narcissism, actually, that Mm. really lends itself to those personality types. That's exactly it, as you're describing it. That's who they want to present as because they think that we are silly and we can't understand their malevolence and that they can't give away 
themselves. But of course, that's the other chink in their armour. Because the thing about Mother Nature is she tends to give chinks in the armour of those who need them. And often it is their narcissism that causes them to go too far and alerts us in the end to the deprivate, you know, the absolute demoralised kind of positions that they've brought into other people's lives and the absolute depravity that they've caused, you know, our society. So I think that there is kind of always hope that these individuals move out. I also think that, you know, we've got to acknowledge, I know that the police and the services mm. often get quite a bad rep. You tend to hear about things when they go wrong with the police force, for example. But in truth, we really care about justice in the Western world. The UK and, and Ireland and everywhere that is kind of westernised wants these individuals to be caught. So they do put a huge amount of money now into forensic anthropology, yeah. DNA, algorithms for computers. I'm sure that some of those organised killers that would be out there reaping the murderous tones that they would do have probably decided that at times it's probably not the best place to do it anymore. So I do think our society, it's not getting safer as far Mm. as one-off murders, you know, we know that. It's not getting safer necessarily for women with partners. But I think on a serial killing level, there are warnings out there to them that mean that they're not necessarily feeling quite as safe acting in the way that they would have acted, say, 30 years ago today. And that's something that we could take positively. That is, absolutely. And in this show, this is a fascinating show that you're bringing to, to Dublin. Uh, you ask the question uh, uh, yeah. to the audience, if you were, do you, would you know if you were living next door to a serial killer? So we definitely wouldn't, I'm going to say. So are there potential signs <laughs> that we should be looking out for? Well, you know, the problem is with an organised serial killer, like you say, you're not really going to know but what I would say is in the show, there is something that I tell you that they told us. I can't okay. give away because obviously I'll be giving away my punishment. No, line. no, it don't. Help to protect you. And I think when it comes down to disorganized or cross-sectional killers, again, the randomness of the attack and the opportunistic yes. nature of the attack makes it quite difficult for us. The big thing to ask ourselves is, how do I prevent myself from being a victim? And I think that that is something that hopefully when you've come to see the show, you'll go home thinking, actually, there is some power. There is something Mm. that I can do. And I also think we've got to take heart that, like I said, there are in the UK alone hundreds of thousands of armchair detectives. And those armchair detectives, they're not like they used to be. They are online. They're connected with each other. They are amazing. They're amazing. They dissect everything. Yeah, they are unreal. Sometimes the police are probably like, no, we don't need any more of you. But it's like, actually, (laughs) that's why a lot of cases get solved these days. Because those individuals, they are like dogs with bones and they won't let them go. That's the beauty of a democratic, kind society and as much as we get a bad rep sometimes, honestly, humanity on the whole is unbelievably considerate and kind with one another. So I think the good far outweighs the bad. And I think more than ever, these kind of killers are growing used to that reality that we won't let it lie when we lose the bronze or when people in our society are taken too young. Yes, oh, completely. And, you know, as you said there as well, like, you know, particularly if you go back to, you know, the notorious ones from from years ago, you know, they're inevitably they will slip up. And I feel that there's a sense that they want the world to know about what they're doing and they want to be famous for doing this. Sure, they definitely want some people to know, otherwise they wouldn't leave signatures. Yes. You know, you think about BTK, you think about Zodiac Killer, you think about even Jack the Ripper in the way that he left his signature. 
and the way that he posed, etc. The individuals and did what he did to their bodies, you know, is saying this is my work, yeah. and they want you to be aware. That's why they try to keep ahead of the forensics. They try to keep ahead of the case. And ultimately, like you said, optimistic. But you think about a modern case like Israel Keys. Mm. I think he was probably the most perfect organized killer of our time. I mean, he was ruthless. He was scrupulous. He was forensically very aware. And he did it in the way that you could potentially have got away with killing for a lifetime. But again, he followed to fail his own rules in the end. And that slipped him up. So there are organized serial killers who are outsmarting everybody. And there will be bodies perpetually that turn up in life where these killers get away with it. But I think for the vast majority, as you say, in the end, there is something that slides within their psyche and they want people to see this mm. is my work. And sometimes that will be signature orientated. And some of you say will be that they'll slip up and the narcissism will get the best of them. <laughs> Sit yeah. there going, yeah, I want you to know this is who I am. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the show itself, as they come into to Dublin, is this your first time actually coming to, to Ireland, Emma? No, I've not been to Dublin. Oh, fantastic. So I've been to Belfast. I came with my show um, about two years ago, just a smaller thing when I was kind of testing it out. Yeah. But I'm back and I'm really excited. I've actually decided to come for three days instead of two so I can kind of enjoy Ireland a bit as opposed to just doing a flying visit. I'm really excited about it. So I've never been to Dublin. I know that Temple Bar, everyone yes. told me to go to, so I've booked somewhere. Also, the, the Guinness Storehouse is a must, must as well. Absolutely, you should check so that out. Excited. Yeah, well, yeah. You guys are so lovely. Whenever, like, when I came to Belfast, it was just like such a... And it was during COVID, which is like oh. the weirdest time ever. I wasn't allowed in any restaurants or anything because I didn't have the COVID pass. But everybody was super lovely. And it's such a warm and embracing community that I'm really excited to come over. I'm just looking at some Irish cases at the moment for my YouTube and just kind of meeting people out there. It's a really nice connection. I think you're great. And you've got such a good sense of humour, which is always good for me because I've got quite a dark sense. Yes, we, we <laughs> love a dark sense lie. of humour. Yes, well, we do love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in the right place. You are in the coming to the right place. That's for sure. Emma, I could talk to you all day. Fascinating, hey, fascinating insight into so this. Much. And uh, enjoy your time here in Ireland. And thank oh, you so much really for joining me. You having you on your show. Thank you. Thank so you so much. much. Thanks bye a million. Bye, bye now, Emma Kenny. There, fascinating. I'm a bit. I have to say, I'm a little bit sort of jittery or something after that chat but fascinating insight into this the show is called What Creates a Serial Killer The Serial Killer Next Door so it's going to be Vicar Street Wednesday the 7th of June 2023 all of the details are on ticketmaster.ie oh, The 11 to 1 show Want to give a couple of shout outs here. Big happy birthday to Frankie Heslin. He's a bus driver. He's from Castle Heights in Dundalk. That's coming in from your sister, Breda, Aidan and Orla. Hope you're having a fantastic day, Frankie. Also, will I give a shout out to Marion Goodman in Lara Castle Blaney. Want to wish you all the very best. Thinking of you today. That's coming in from the Goodman Girls. We can do that as well. And we're going to dedicate Tom Grennan to both of you. There's Tom Grennan, little bit of love. I have another chance for you to enter our competition in association with the Irish Heart Foundation that's coming your way after the jobs. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes. Backed by Bordgosh Energy. Replace your old inefficient gas boiler with Local Heroes. Visit localheroes.ie. Louth and Meath Education and Training Board require a community education facilitator. Please apply at careers.lmetb.ie. 
Clonmore require healthcare staff in the Meath area to apply please email info at clonmore.ie Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie LMFM Job Search Yes, it's competition time and this week it's all about blood pressure awareness on the show. I've teamed up with the Irish Heart Foundation. I'm encouraging you to have your blood pressure checked because, did you know, thousands of us are walking around every day with undiagnosed high blood pressure. Two in three of us, over 50 in Ireland, have high blood pressure and only half of those are aware that they do. As well as that, someone with high blood pressure may look and feel well and rarely has symptoms. So it's so, so important to go to your GP, get checked out and you can find out more information irishheart.ie. So as part of this awareness campaign, the Irish Heart Foundation have kindly given us a Fitbit Sense 2 to give away every day this week. So I'm going to give you a sound clip of a scenario where your blood pressure might be raised. All you have to do is tell me what's going on in the clip that might be causing my blood pressure to rise. Here's today's clip. Oh no, what is happening in the sound clip that might be causing my blood pressure to rise? 086-1800-658 and don't forget you can find out more details on irishheart.ie We're going to be picking a winner for today's Fitbit Sense to watch very, very shortly so get those answers in to me. The 11 to 1 show. Earlier on, we were talking to Jenny from the Habitat Restore and some of you asking whereabouts it is in Drogheda. I'm in Egypt. I didn't tell you where it is at all. It's in Denor Industrial Park opposite Viega Living. So uh, it's Unit 8 Denor Industrial Park and they uh, are open from 9.30am to 5 Monday to Saturday there. And you can find out more details by calling them up 041-213-9894 or you can check out info at habitatireland.org or habitatireland.ie forward slash restore. So they're there. Unit 8 Denor Industrial Park in Drada. She's so beautiful, beautiful. There's Aslan. She's so beautiful. Getting to our competition winner. Yes, it's all about blood pressure. Raising awareness, not necessarily raising the blood pressure on this show. And just to let people know, by the way, the only way to find out if you have high blood pressure is to have it measured. Once you know, you know, it's not a big deal. You can talk to your GP about how to reduce or treat it. More details, irishheart.ie. So we gave you a scenario. What was going on? Lots getting it right. It was, of course, the car wouldn't start. Is there anything worse? Veronica Cleary in Curraha, you are getting the today's Fitbit watch. So congratulations to you. Don't worry, tomorrow we will have another chance for you to win with the Irish Heart Foundation. That is our lot on the show for today. Jerry Kelly's back in the hot seat, fresh and relaxed from his holidays. He's going to be with you from half one. But for now, it's bye for me. The 11 to 1 show.